0: In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball players to add, players to drop. What's happening across leagues? Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore ball, on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble as well. I got that out of order. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's look at the waiver wire. Let's talk about things that have happened, moves that have been made. And how we react to that and what sort of things we need to look at so Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right. The most added player in all of fantasy basketball is Victor Oladipo. On the back of two strong games. He played 35 minutes on New Year's Eve. He had 23, 5 and 5 with three steals. An unbelievably good game without Jimmy Butler. And then Jimmy came back and he played 30 minutes and had 15, 5 and 4. Which is still a really strong game. Then news came out today that Duncan Robinson is having surgery on his finger and he's out for four weeks. So people automatically went, oh, well, I don't know if that's all part of it, but it's some of it. They went, oh, Oladipo, more minutes. And you know that I'm always, you know, I try to be the bearer of bad news as much as I can. I don't, but I always try and sort of simmer down some things. Robinson wasn't an every night rotation player for this team. Like he, when players were out, Robinson would play, That that is true. But when they were healthy, Duncan Robinson was getting DMP CDs plenty of times. So it's not like his 20 minutes a night have to just be pushed onto um, uh, a Deeper. Now, he would played the last few games, Robinson, That that's true. And in those games that he played, he played, what, six straight games as a part of the rotation. And in those games, Vincent was out, um, Jimmy was out, Lowry was out, Martin was out and um, someone else, uh, Deadman was out. Uh, just every, every game, someone was out. So, and he was getting 10 minutes. Uh, uh, Duncan Roms actually played five minutes last game against the Clippers. Yes, he did have that finger issue. So, I think Oladipo's got a strong role. and He's ahead of Max Strews pretty clearly at this point in the rotation. And, you know, he, Caleb Martin only played 14 minutes last game. I don't mind adding Victor Oladipo. I, I think it's totally, totally fine to do it. Like He's had a nice little strong stretch. It is very highly fueled by steals. He's averaging 1.8 per game, and and that's really useful. But I'm a little worried about the shooting numbers. He's at under 40% for the season. He's at 28% from three. His rim finishing numbers is at 48%, like he cannot finish at the rim. And even though he's got a bad field goal percentage, he's propped up by being in the 94th percentile on mid-range shooting. That's a little worrying. Yes, the rim finishing is probably going to come up, but I also worry that he's 31 years of age with multiple knee and quad surgeries that maybe the rim finishing never comes back. That's what happens when you get older. And then that mid-range shooting, which is better than all but 6% of NBA players so far, falls back off. And he has never been been in the top 50% of players as a mid-range shooter at any point in his career. So for him to continue that would seem unlikely. So yes, his rim finishing can improve. His mid-range shooting probably does drop off. That That is all true. Um, but realistically, I think we're looking at him as a steals guy with punt field goals. But 28 minutes a night, it's, wor- look, it's worth it. And that's what we're always trying to do, is we're always still here. We're in week 12 of the season. We're not 50% through. We are 50% through the fantasy regular season. We're not 50% through the regular season in the NBA. We're trying to find guys. We're just trying to see what happens. What if he plays 30 a night? And what if the field goals get back to 45%? What if he averages 15, 5, and 4 with two steals? That's a very good player. And it's true. He could also average 10, 3, and 3 on 38% shooting, which isn't useful. But we're always taking Let's go back to it. Harrison Barnes, I know what he's going to be. the 120th to 140th best player with no upside to be better than that, really. So I don't care to hold on to him. Is there a good chance that Barnes is better than Oladipo? Yeah. But Oladipo's upside's way higher, and we're still sort of chasing that a little bit. So I don't mind it. I'm skeptical of it. I'm skeptical of that shooting and where the role sits. But yeah, no worries. Go, go for it. Um, Jalen McDaniels. Yep, really good ad. With um, Oubre out and with Gordon Hayward out. They Haven't ruled Hayward out for an extended period of time. I'm pretty certain he's not going to be back. In any time in the next week or so, McDaniels is a nice um, hit some threes, points, rebounds, steals, blocks. Good all-round production. Upside is limited. Long-term upside is limited, but he is a really strong add for the time being. The next two guys, most added players, Jackson Hayes and Najee Marshall. I talked about this at length on yesterday's recap show. They are totally fine while Ingram and Nance are out. Najee Marshall is going to play 30-plus minutes a night and be useful Hayes is probably going to play 20 to 23 minutes a night and maybe be useful for 12s. I don't see any long-term value. And I, I, I'm not even in talking about long-term past or you know when Zion's still out. Like Obviously, when Zion's back, there's no long-term value here. But even when like when Ingram comes back, their value is done. When Nance comes back, Hayes is probably done. So they're not bad, but did you add them to play them on a 12-game Wednesday? No, I'm not, Ingram's not going to be back the next game. So it's not a bad add. I just wouldn't have I wouldn't have rushed to add Jackson Hayes in a 12 team format. deeper leagues, sure. and I think there's a really short shelf life on where they now Ingram's toe probably still needs to regrow or whatever's going on there. so maybe he's out more weeks and they can you know, keep value going. but we've got two players in Nance and Ingram who are going to come back and are going to render these guys useless really quickly. So short term ads, I get it. The most added they're the top four that are added using our advanced metric over on Basketball Monster. Um, If I go to Yahoo's most added players, the highest one of those, the highest added player that's not on those top four list is actually the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Told you yesterday, I said, I reckon like people start, weren't adding him. And I said, I think they're going to start adding him now. And they did. It, It makes sense. He's like top 60 or 70 over the last two weeks, I believe it is. Maybe even top 50 over the last two weeks. His shooting had been really poor from three all season, but he's picked that up. I think he's at thirty six or thirty seven percent. He was a thirty five percent shooter in college. His assist numbers have risen. He's a very good field goal percentage player. The free throws still have room to improve. I, I I've liked him as a stash guy for six weeks. Basically, as soon as he got that first start, I was intrigued. And you know, one of my preseason predict- predictions was he was going to be a better player than Lou Dort by January. Are we there? Yeah, I reckon we are. Yeah, I think he's an ad. It's going to go up and down, and he's going to have some issues with lower upside um, at times. But I just see every every game, he just seems to get a little bit better. Just incrementally, but a little bit better. And that's what we're looking for. Kyle Anderson. don't know why he's been added so much now. Oh, I guess the last two games have been really good. And he had struggled a little bit before that. We're worried about his back issue. But you know, nothing's really positive coming out with Towns. I said still a few weeks away. So yeah, like he's fine to add. Kevin Love is a streamer and he's one of the most added players um, because Mobley's missed the last two. Okay, Mobley has missed the last two. That That's true. But if Mobley plays, Love goes back to useless. It's fine to add him. And then Rui Hachimura, one of the more added players. He wouldn't be the guy that I would add off the Wizards with Bradley Beal out, but people have. He is definitely a points league guy versus a category league player. And that has its use as well, of course. Um, I just wouldn't be Yeah, he's fine. But we saw last game Bill played what ten minutes and Hachimura didn't do anything. Like he's very up and down and he's very points and threes, and that's really about it. I don't mind it as a short term ad. There are other wizards, Morris, Avdia, Gafford, who I would all add over Rui Hachimura. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilba. Bilpa is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you want a treat, but you don't want to pack on the calories. Well, Bilt Bar's for you. It tastes like a candy bar, but it is low in calories. It's low in fat. It's low in sugar. And it is high in that all important protein. But why do they taste so good? The well, protein bars don't taste good. We know this. But these ones do because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Healthy is actually tasty with Bilt Bar. I don't know how they do it. It's 130 calories, but 17 grams of protein. Like how is that possible in their great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond? But you used to have to go to Built.com to get them. We knew that. It was easy to do. You got discounts. It was great. But now you can just walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and there they are. So go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bar. They have a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And in Sam's Club, they've got the 13-bar box, brownie batter and churro flavor. Go ahead, go to Walmart, go to Built.com, go to Sam's Club, and grab yourself some Built Bars. Because Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the most dropped players over the last you know, 24 hours. I couldn't disagree with dropping Denny Avdia more. Why are we dropping Denny Avdia after Bill Hami? I know, I, I know there's only one more game this week for the Wizards. I thought Avdia is the guy that I would add over Hachimura. The fact that, and interestingly, we'll talk about Hachimura in a second. Um, I don't know why Avdia is the most dropped player. Like, I, I would add him. Nazareth Reid. Why are we dropping him? I know that he had that back issue, but why are we dropping him? Those two drops make zero sense to me. Absolutely no sense. If anyone drops Naz Reid in your league, especially with Towns, I don't know when he's coming back. Like, add Reid. I don't know what we're doing. Gordon Hayward. Yep, drop him. Easy. Grant Williams. Yes, he is not a 12-team league player, but the Celtics have two more quality games coming up. And that's the... I have him in one of my 12-team leagues just to get extra games in for the schedule that's it but his production is not good he's not worth holding it's just a schedule situation so dropping him no problem I found it interesting that one of the most added players was Rui Hachimura and one of the most dropped players was Rui Hachimura so I, I, what I guess I, I don't know how to make sense of that one of the most added players was Rui and one of the most dropped was Rui I tend to lean more towards dropped but the Beal injury does make it maybe that's people are just confused Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be prioritizing him. Javon Carter, Grayson Allen, Joe Ingles. I guess people streamed them in yesterday. They play again today with 12 games on and Drew Holiday and Ingles are out. These guys don't need to be rostered in 12-team leagues. So yes, I agree that they are guys that should be dropped. Let's look at droppable players. These are guys who are rostered in lots of leagues who I don't think necessarily have to be. Dylan Brooks. Bain is back. Brooks can be dropped. He'll have some solid games. He will have some bad games, and a lot of them will be bad. I don't think he needs to be held. Lou Dort was really good last week, and he's had a nice little stretch here. But if we're looking long-term, which is what this droppable list is, it doesn't mean go out and immediately just exit them from your team. It means that when you're looking at your squad and this guy's on it, you go, oh, maybe, maybe not. Like, do I... I guess the first name we've got on this is Victor Oladipo. Would I drop Dylan Brooks for him? Yes. Would I drop Lou Dort for him? Yes. Would I drop Jaden Ivey for him? Yes. Would I drop Sadiq Bey for him? Yes. This is what I mean. These are the guys, that, if they're on your roster, on a 12-team league, and let's say 14-team league, they're borderline. But in a 12-team league, definitely in a 10. But in a 12-team league, I look at them and go, yeah, I don't need to hold these guys. The upside is limited. They're not that good. The production's probably going to dip. And I'd rather take chances on somebody else. The next four are more points leagues, but I think it applies almost equally to category leagues. Like Keegan Murray, not worth a 12-team roster spot in most situations bowl, in not, not a points league guy. In 12-team leagues, like the bowl bowl run is over. We know that. Jalen Suggs is going to return apparently this week. Jonathan Isaac is still, still going. Still got, needs to get acclimated. He's going to be back in 2028, I reckon. Um, in category leagues, I'd be more interested in holding on to bowl, but I also don't think it's mandatory. Um, Mo Wagner, Interesting, Mo Wagner's suspension didn't start last week because he was apparently out for illness. So now he's starting today. So he's going to be Wednesday, Thursday on the back-to-back Wagner. And they had a nice three-game-in-four-night situation. So Wagner's a clear drop in all formats or all 10s and 12s and probably 14s as well. And Brandon Clark is not a guy to hold outside of streaming or if Steven Adams gets hurt. So there are a bunch of guys who are rostered in lots of leagues. And if they are, you don't have to. You can move on and you can grab other players and stream things in and maximize games played that way. Let's look at must-roster players. There are quite a few people who seem to disagree with me about Kelly Olenek. Okay, Kelly Olenek is rostered in like 70% of Yahoo leagues. All of these players on this must-roster list are under 80%, meaning that they're still floating around. Now, for most of you, they're going to be rostered. But a lot of people don't seem to agree with me with Kelly Olenek being a must-roster player. And his last 10 games haven't been particularly good. He's 143rd in that time frame. Because he's th- shooting 37% from the field. I don't look at Kelly Linick and go, you are a 37% shooter. He's at 51 for the season. He's the 75th ranked player over the course of the year. Um, I just think this is a, a shooting slump for Linick. He's hitting 32% from three and 42% from two. But those two numbers are going to rise. Everything else, and, he, and actually his blocks are cut in half as well. He's not the most exciting player. He's just a solid Contributor who spaces the floor, hits some threes. Like He doesn't have a particularly strong category. It's above average percentages, steals, blocks, average threes, average assists, um, uh, average rebounds, and slightly average points. And that doesn't work for everybody. But I still believe that he's still significantly underrepresented on fantasy rosters, even though he is slumping over the last 10 games or so. Jalen Duren is a must roster player. Has been for a while. Must roster. Cam Johnson, I think the return's coming soon. Worth grabbing now. And Dan Gafford. Thankfully, it doesn't appear like that elbow issue at the end of last game is anything, and he looks like he's ready to go. They have only one more game this week, but we're not adding Dan Gafford for this week. We're adding him for the long term. It is working with him in the starting lineup in general. And he played 29 minutes last game before leaving with injury. This is a 12-team league and probably 10-team league player. I think he's top 100 rest of the way. Um, in points leagues Killian Hayes I think he's a category league must as well but you know in points leagues his poor shooting doesn't bother you that much he's back today um, Jalen Duran there Mason Plumlee is available in over 20% of leagues I think he's a must roster in categories as well but points definitely yes something might change at some point with Charlotte but it's Charlotte they make, they make mistakes all the time so maybe they don't bench him and you just ride it out and Jeremy Sohan Zohan now he's going to be up and down this is what happens with rookies especially unpolished rookies or poor scoring rookies like Sohan but I think that the value in him is worth having probably in category leagues as well you've just got to understand there's going to be ups and downs and if he has a prolonged slump then any you are struggling you do move on but for now I do think he is worth um, I do think that he is worth rostering at the moment today's episode is brought to you also by LinkedIn as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data to use insights from your job post company and the 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and you can connect with them fast and for free. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So that's, what do you want? Like What more do you need? That's how you go in there and get that person who's going to make that difference for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. Let's look at hot players. These guys are all inside the top 100 over the last week. Number one on this list is Alec Burks. Alec Burks. Now that is likely because of the Killian Hayes suspension. And there was one game in there that he shot 91% from the field. He still can be useful enough to be a points type streamer for points and threes. But as a must roster player, I think we're done with that. Drew Eubanks is there. Nurkic has missed some time. Nurkic has been limited in some games. Eubanks puts up good numbers. I don't. He's not a must roster guy in twelves. He is in deep leagues and he's available everywhere. Um, but he's been good. Manuel quickly. Yes, he is a must roster player. No, I don't really think it extends past when Barrett is back because we've seen that story a million times. He goes to the bench and plays twenty-four minutes. So. He's must roster now, like he should have him. Barrett might be back in a game or two. And that does limit what he does. But, you know, we knew that quickly was the ad as soon as Barrett went down. Um, we tried it out. It worked perfectly. We, we held on. We enjoy it. And then you probably do drop. And Dan Gafford, top 100 player. That's easy. We just talked about that. Dante DiVincenzo, just keep going until Wiggins is back. And then we reassess when Wiggins is back. Bones Highland, the five-minute man couple of really good performances from him. Again, it's really hard to trust him. He's probably in the Malik Beasley, Tim Hardaway, Malik Monk mold, a guy that can blow up for points and threes and can hurt you on some nights, making it very hard, especially with the way that his minutes tend to go, makes it very hard for him to be considered must roster. John Ray Hunt is having a nice little stretch. I obviously don't buy it. I think I've seen enough from DeAndre Hunter to know that he's a below-average steals, rebounds, blocks, assists, field goals, and free-throw percentage player who occasionally has good scoring nights. And to me, that's like a 14-16 to team league guy, even though he's on a nice little stretch, as is Lou Dort. Some players do have nice little stretches, and Dort, based especially off yesterday's game, is in that mix. But these are guys who are very much peripheral, almost throw them in the Harrison Barnes mix. Hey, could I get top 150 numbers from you? Yeah, probably. Can you do more than that on a consistent basis? Not really. And that's it's not because they're not lacking minutes. Like the minutes in the role is there. They just can't do what you need them to do anywhere near consistently enough. So while Hunter and Dort are top 100 over the last week, I don't think we'd rush out to pick them up in a 12-team league. Let's look at some deeper league players now. These guys are all available in over 10% of in over 90% of leagues. I think that the first three names here, Delon Wright, Nico Batum, and Zach Collins are worth grabbing in 14-team formats. Right for his steals, almost alone. And I think there is a little bit more growth in other stuff, although it hasn't really shown out yet. Um, Nico Batum, I don't think he's a 12-teamer, but his ability for some blocks and steals and threes with solid usually percentages and a couple of assists thrown in there, it does work in 14-team leagues, although he is a bit inconsistent. And then Zach Collins, who gets here you know, 20 minutes a night, can post good points and rebounds, underrated assist guy, solid percentages. I don't think that the Spurs will trade Purdue, but if they do, Collins is likely going to be the guy there. So he's got some real 14 team league value. And then there's a bunch of guys here who I think should be rostered in in 16 teams. Andrew Nempart is clearly a 12 team drop, but he's been dropped like everywhere. He's available in over 90% of leagues. And I think in 16 teamers, you want to make sure that he's not on the wire. Same with Pat Beverly. I could make the argument for Nempart and Beverly as 14 team league guys, but they're probably more 16, but they could be 14. Um, Austin Reeves is a nice 16-team league guy. Again, could easily have 14-team value also. Um, Drew Eubanks is a great 16-team league ad who really bumps up, as we've seen, when Nurkic is out. And then his teammate, the Dr. Gary Payton, is a really good 16-team ad. I wouldn't do it in 12s, though. And some other names to talk about before we get out of here. Tom Bryant and Anyeka Okonwu, two centers who are producing really good value. They are available on in too many leagues, like way too many. I don't know what we're waiting for here, especially with Bryant. There's no indication that Davis is back soon. So add him. Like, this is an no, absolute no-brainer. As for Okongwu, Capella's out again today. And when Capella does return, he'll be limited. We don't know when that is. So we just roll with Okongwu. These guys need to be rostered in every league. Aaron Wiggins is, I thought, a name worth mentioning. He was pretty good yesterday, and the Thunder don't have a set center. There's Aaron Wiggins, there's Kenrich Williams, there's Pig Williams, there's Mike Muscala, there's a number of guys they rotate through there. Um, Wiggins isn't going to be consistent. We've seen it a million times. But let's see, is he able to maintain a solid role? Again, I don't believe he can. But when he plays, they are good. Herb Jones and Trey Murphy... They're the guys that I would be adding, not Jackson Hayes and Najee Marshall. Now, they're probably rostered in most leagues, but they are the guys who stand to benefit the most from Zion's absence, who they're not 100% rostered. So just have a look if they're available. They're the 12-team league guys you want to add over Najee and Hayes. Um, in deeper leagues, with the absence of Oubre and Gordon Haywood, JT Thor is probably going to play most nights. We know each other. He's a friend from work. It's either him or it's Kai Jones, and it looks to be Thor at the moment. And deeper leagues, 18-teamers, you want to pay attention there. Then his teammate, Dennis Smith. Now, again, context is really important here because even today, I had, hey, I, I should add Dennis Smith, yeah, because like Ubre is down and um, Smith was a starter at the start of the year. So he's going to give us good value, yeah? But you've got to remember why he was a starter. It's because Lamello and Rogie were out. That is why. He was a starter there. For that reason. Now, he is a unbelievably good defensive guy. One of the best in the NBA. And he gets you tons of defensive stats. But I don't think that the absence of Oubre means that we get 28 minutes from Dennis Smith. If we do, and I'm wrong, then shit, yeah, absolutely, must roster player. I just don't think he's going to play that many minutes. Because I don't think they want to go Ball, Smith, Rogier together for that long. Can he play 21 or 22? Absolutely. But is he going to be this must roster 12-team league guy? I highly, highly doubt that. And then the other one is Trey Mann, who put up a really good game yesterday. But that was with Shea out. Now, Shea is back today. We'll see what Mann's role is. It probably goes down to like a a 20-minute-a-night role. And what he did last game where he added points and rebounds, points, threes, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He did everything. That's not his game. Normally, he's a points and threes guy who does nothing else. And usually, you need 30 minutes a night to be useful there. So I don't put a huge amount of stock in that. But if Shea does happen to get hurt, then Mann is going to be a very interesting guy to take a fire on. And that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.